What's your favourite Christmas song of the established Christmas song works? It is, there's only one good one, and it's um, that one that goes... Christmas wrapping. That's the one. Where the waitresses. <laughs> yep, that's the only good one. Next question. I, oh, I, I put that to bed very, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you guys I, can have an opinion. Well, I mean, the reason I'm asking is because uh, there's a thing people do called Whamageddon, which is you have to avoid hearing Last Christmas. Right. And if, like, for all of December, and then if you hear it, you've just lost playing the game. But it just seems like a self-imposed misery to me because yeah. I think that's a banging Christmas song. Well, yeah, we basically just played it in the office so everyone heard it just to put a stop to any of that kind of stuff. That kind of nonsense. Because <laughs> you don't want to spend the whole of December with someone telling you how much they're not listening to Wham. Like, it's just so <laughs> tedious. So you may as well just nuke it. Trust me, it's, it's, for, the, it's for the greater good. You're basically <laughs> cutting someone off from some absolutely chronic banter so <laughs> it's like it's like the joker that turns up on like office christmas jumper day wearing a die hard jumper and going yeah i tell you the worst one is um that paul mccartney one where it goes on about the christmas children singing their song They've been practicing all year long and then they sing it and it's just ding dong, ding dong. And I have to say those kids are some appalling musicians if that took them a well, year of rehearsals. You see, I have, I have a similar issue with a spaceman came traveling because the spaceman came traveling. He takes ages turning up and then he delivers this message of peace, which is just him wailing for like a, a solid minute. Yeah. And like the tripods did that in War of the Worlds and look how that ended up. <laughs> yeah. It's right, Jesus so- though, isn't it? Oh, so Christ was a Martian, <laughs> according to old some, Christopher. Some bold canon. All right, so I, it seems then that the official um, uh, stance of this podcast is that uh, War of the Worlds is a Christmas film. <laughs> yes. Yes. Listener to this, the Christmas special 2021 of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast, Rock Paper Shotguns PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, which is that of Alice Bell. I'm really excited this week to be joined by just some elf. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Do you, you're just a, are you a low level elf? Do you have managerial yeah, names? Uh, you don't have names. No, Father Christmas doesn't give us names, so he doesn't feel sad when one of us gets mangled in his machinery. 
God. Mm. He says it's better. He says it's better that way for him. <laughs> Father Christmas is like an industrialist cotton mill owner in like the north. <laughs> yeah, and yet you so, still stick him in your Coca Cola adverts. So, wow. See, the EWS Dark Open is now becoming a tradition. <laughs> uh, the other voice you can hear is the Italian Bulldog. And I like uh, the British Bulldog, the wrestler, but the national stereotype, that does not make sense. Right. Very good. Very festive. Very good. And uh, <laughs> uh, actually, shout out to the Italians this year who have nearly done a clean sweep of all uh, the UK's national pastimes because they won the Euros in the football, uh, they won Bake Off. They won Eurovision, the Eurovision Song Contest, and they're they're in the finals of uh, Strictly Come Dancing. So wow. uh, almost a clean sweep for Italy. Congratulations to any Italians watching. You've beaten us at all our own games. I hope that uh, makes up for the voice I just did for the Italian Bulldog. <laughs> um, the reason Nate has done a riff off the, the British Bulldog is because I, I decreed this year that our game of the year sort of discussion would take the form of a, a wrestling match where we would fashion tag teams from our favourite games. <laughs> right, of course. Um, uh, and uh, we'll see if that plays out well. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm at um, a disadvantage because I'm not a, a wrestle head. Yeah, but I mean, they don't have to be like versions of real wrestlers. Okay. You know? You just had no, to successfully we'll argue that they'd win in a fight, basically. Mm. Um, Wrestling's in the soul, anyway, Matthew. Yeah, okay. you, it's a vibes-based sports entertainment. <laughs> you know, no doors, <laughs> just ropes. I've got a, I've got a question for you guys. Um, yeah, I got an issue that needs sorting out. Ooh, okay, I love these. Okay, um, so. Last night we were uh, discussing potential Christmas presents. This is me and Catherine were discussing this. It's a bit late. The uh, well, yeah, maybe so. But uh, the acclaimed Japanese author Haruki Murakami has released a picture book of his his personal favorite T-shirts from his T-shirt collection. Okay. So apparently he collects a lot of T-shirts, and in right. the in the the sort of the 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 little text bump for this, it said throughout his life, Murakami has collected two hundred T-shirts. Wow. Now, okay. Now well, this is this is the question: Is that <laughs> actually an impressive T-shirt collection? Not at all. Because I think <laughs> two hundred T-shirts is quite achievable. And like, if someone was like, "I collect T-shirts," and then I said, "How many?" and they said two hundred, I would expect them to say like five thousand. And so the question was, was like, how many T-shirts constitutes an interesting and noteworthy T-shirt I mean, look, collection? We could we could all go down Primark and buy five thousand T-shirts. <laughs> like, I don't think that's the point of the collection, surely. Yeah, but like, so I would say I've got 30 quite distinct T-shirts. I do not have 30 T-shirts. I have not gone out of my way to get those 30 distinct T-shirts. And the gap between 30 and 200 isn't big enough for me to be like, wow, 
I would buy a book on T-shirts from this guy. <laughs> I mean, well, how I mean, remarkable are these T-shirts? Yeah, they're surely interesting T-shirts, or they have like, stories to them. To him, yeah, they're like, I guess, from like concerts and things like that, and you know, yeah, yeah. But also, I would say my thirty T-shirts are, are equally remarkable. Go on then, tell tell us about one of your T-shirts, Matthew. Uh, I've got a T-shirt with a um. A prawn riding a motorbike, and it says "prawn to be wild" underneath it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have I've... one of those, Matthew. <laughs> I actually do have two of them because I had one for so long that the the uh, the prawn wore off it, and it was just a picture of a motorbike and said "prawn to be wild," <laughs> <laughs> which is just very confusing. <laughs> I, I, if you would gift it to me for Christmas, Matthew, I'd be the happiest boy. <laughs> But, I'm just pressuring you into giving me your clothes live on air, but you know. But that's, uh, that's that. What's the story to that then? That's just a t-shirt you like. Yeah, but it's an, it's funny though. It's like a funny t-shirt that was given to me for a present. I don't, that's the that's story. Not a story. That's not well, a story. A, well, listen, I haven't got Murakami's book, so I don't know if the story of every one of his 200 t-shirts is killer. Uh, but I would imagine they would probably be of a similar dramatic intensity to my prawn to be wild story. <laughs> I mean, why? Why were you? Get, what, what did you do involving either prawns, motorbikes, or the song "Born to Be Wild" by Steppenwolf? Well, nothing. But I just had. I was given the T-shirt. That's the story. All right. Here's another one. I've got a T-shirt from an ice cream parlor just outside of Harvard. And okay. it says, it's got two bears eating ice creams on it. And it says, does the Pope shit in the woods? <laughs> it just says ice cream parlor on it, I think. Oh, I thought there was going to be, you were building that up as if well, no, there was going like, to be a Well, no, but like that came from a place. I would say that is, that's got big Murakami vibes. That just came from a place that I went to. And so the story is, I went to a place. Oh dear, that's as good as, bad as, good as a fridge magnet, mate. Well, this, well, this is the thing. Uh, well, you know. I think 200 t-shirts is uh, not a lot of t-shirts to own in a lifetime, but it's a lot of t-shirts to keep. Because I don't, I cycle out t-shirts quite regularly. But Um, isn't that just, isn't that, for most people, isn't that just a question of space? Like Murakami's rich and can afford a lot of cupboards. But I wouldn't just keep everything, that, then you're getting into being a hoarder. Yeah, well, that's his thing. He just hoards. He's a he's a he's a very focused hoarder. So I collect you guys were gonna have my, I think you were going to have my back on this one. Well, I think well, Nate has your do. back. Yeah, well, I do. Yeah, I I I think if someone's allowed to collect t-shirts and they're sufficiently interesting t-shirt, I think the problem here we need to buy a copy of this book <laughs> and look at and the t-shirts, we'll, and then and then we'll come back to this in the new year and. <laughs> Because one, one of them could be the Prawn to be Wild t-shirt. We don't know until we get the book. Maybe well, I, I, twist, Murakami designed it. Mm. That would be good. I mean, I would say that I am suspicious that your t-shirt collection would be sufficiently interesting to write a book about because... Uh, no, I didn't I, say that. I just said I don't think they're that boring. <laughs> But I mean, I I know from being a games journalist that uh, eventually your wardrobe does just contain oh, uh, yeah. a lot of tat promo T-shirts that you get. Like for listeners that are, that don't know, um, 
We used to get more tat. The tat now all goes to YouTubers who you can trust because they're not getting paid. Um, they just get a free holiday and a motorbike with a prawn on it. Um, <laughs> but the the most uh, common tat you would get is a men's t-shirt size uh, M or L uh, with like, you know, a, the, the game character or the logo on it. And you'd promise yourself that you wouldn't start wearing them, but then by default, you just would. I, so, oh, some of I've my nicest of, T-shirts are game T-shirts. I've got a bit of uh, game T-shirt and dad news for you, actually, on that, f- Ooh, on that front. Yeah. Uh, so Tally read her first word um, ah. this week, and it it was a word from a game T-shirt. Uh, it was the Imperator Rome T-shirt I got from Paradox. <laughs> and she, she just Imperator. R-O-M-E. And I helped her a little bit. She, Rome! Because I talk about Rome all the time. So the first word she read is... The first word she spoke is, was fish, and the first word she read is Rome. Jesus oh, Christ, that is, so, that is so on point. <laughs> Very happy, yeah. <laughs> did you did you weep? Did you did I, you fall I, I to your knees? Ghost us. Yeah. To mark the oh occasion. Very that's, good stuff. That's fantastic news. Yeah. Um, when in Rome. Uh. Well, I hope I hope you're both sort of. It sounds like you're not prepped necessarily for Christmas, Matthew. If you're discussing potential presents well, this no, late, no, I've bought I've bought everything. There's this one person left to buy for, and we were debating okay. whether or not they'd like the. Murakami's underwhelming teammate t-shirt book. (laughs) Let us know, listener. Email uh, podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. Is 200 t-shirts a a lot of t-shirts? It isn't. Like, I used to work with a guy whose main boast was that he owned every Now That's What I Call Music album. But at the time, there was only like 37 volumes. So that was like saying, I own 37 CDs. You're like... What they do? <laughs> Why would you turn into a weird goblin? <laughs> well, you know, it's just mocking him. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Oh dear, um, Nate. I wanted to ask you because, listener, um, this is going to be our last podcast of the year. Although we are going to do another supporter podcast um, before Christmas, but um, uh, there'll be a two a two week break, and then we'll be back in the new year. Um, so, Nate, I wanted to ask you for Christmas, are you going to have some kind of weird food side dish? Are you going to have a ham bowser? Are you going to, is your main meat going to be one of those giant sea wood lice? Oh, a ham bowser. Can you imagine? <laughs> what, what Did we decide what a ham bowser was? Oh, no, I'm thinking about it again. We cannot, no, we cannot go down that track. <laughs> um, I, so, you know, I mentioned I'd ordered the venison last time. Oh yeah. Uh, that's so. Yeah, I've got a ten kilogram muntjac deer, which I am going to spend Saturday morning sawing apart uh, to make some delicious cuts. Um, Ashley has a a Japanese colleague who has only been in the UK a few months. Obviously, doesn't have any family here, so we're having him round for Christmas uh, in the spirit of good cheer. And uh, I he really likes prog, which is cool. And is I it hope. 
Is he yeah. bringing his terrible T-shirt collection? Yeah, all of them. Um, <laughs> I like that the T-shirt collection is being uh, continually downgraded, by the way. It's, it's, it's now at terrible. <laughs> it's getting worse and worse. But there is a, there's a Japanese tradition of having fried chicken at Christmas, which I think is pretty cool. So on Christmas yeah, see, Eve, isn't we're going to do, yeah, we're gonna do I fried... I learned about this recently, yeah. Fried chicken. And uh, yeah, I hope he likes sauna part deer as well, because there's going to be plenty of that. (laughs) Are you doing anything interesting with Brussels sprouts? Are you like to to spice them up? Everyone has like a fun sprouts. Oh, uh, yeah. Cooking them in your hot tub. (laughs) Just pile them in the hot tub with a few gobies. Lose your mind. Jobs are good. Um, No, we. So. Ashley's recipe for them, which I'm well impressed by, involves halloumi and dates. Ooh. Right, yeah. So it's uh, that, that I'm looking forward to that. The salty and the sweet. I mean, the, the sprouts are almost superfluous. Yeah, let's face it. It's a cheese and sweets uh, <laughs> extravaganza. Halloumi but, and dates um, sounds like a, a cop duo. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> And I would definitely watch that show on one of those weird channels that only shows weird cop shows. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Suspect or something. It's cool. Yeah, it'd be like a, a Syrian detective with ESP. <laughs> yeah. And they have a copy. Uh, no, no, no. They, yeah, they're dates because they can travel through time. And then Halloumi is this sort of like, wild card Cypriot bloke who can like create a duplicate of himself and when he does it he high fives and goes hello me oh, and then he goes word. off to to look for clues this is why why uh why I don't write detective fiction you're an ideas man I like it I like it a lot. they sure were ideas <laughs> uh my I um uh allegedly, as long as we don't get shut down again, uh, going to my mum's and then going to my dad's on Boxing Day. Um, and there is a high percentage chance that one of them will, for- at least one of them will forget that I'm vegetarian. Um, mm. So I'm looking forward to that. One time I, I went back for Christmas and my mum forgot. So then I had, <laughs> I had like all the trimmings and then instead of like, you know, turkey or beef or whatever it was that yeah um it was leftover uh cheesy pasta from the night before that she'd reheated surrounded by like vegetables and gravy that sounds all right i'll be off of that <laughs> i mean it wasn't terrible but it was a bit strange <laughs> we have a we have a big chicks we tend to have uh you know we, we, we're not we, we might sometimes have cauliflower cheese or cheesy leeks as put as a Side dish. Oh yeah. So cheese and you know cheese in the mix. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh cheesy leeks. Oh, oh cheesy, cheesy leeks. leeks. Oh. <laughs> the less successful sequel to WikiLeaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very naff gossip that they leak. <laughs> uh, also, before we move on to the uh, the main topic of question, I would just like to recommend to everyone um, who who is. Uh, English or Irish, I believe the two of them in Ireland as well. To try and explain a Christmas panto 
to uh, someone who is from a culture that does not have Christmas pantos. Uh, Americans work very well, but just trying to explain a Christmas panto as if to an alien is a very fun experience. Mm. Oh, actually, I'll try that with our guest. That'll be interesting. Because you, yeah, because you have to go. So it's sort of a, a play based on a fairy tale, um, and they will sing songs in it that are popular hits from sort of f- four to eight years ago, uh, and they might rework the lyrics a little bit, um, uh, and then there's. Yeah, so she's called a dame, but she's not really a dame. It's a drag act, and and she'll be dressed... No, she's not really part of the... But she'll be dressed sort of like maybe a breakfast table with like a fascinator that's beans and sausages. Surely, um, though, in the age of your drag races, that's quite common now. Yeah, but I mean, like, the the dame's role in a panto has always been quite sort of... Uh, opaque to me and then that yeah there'll be rude jokes for the grown-ups and then also that a local radio dj will throw sweets at children uh and you have to yell a lot it's very just the whole concept and it's full of of the ghosts of children's tv from 20 years ago yeah exactly yeah and sometimes there's racism (laughs) and sometimes there's a, a cow Sometimes there's uh, an old Tracy Beaker. Yeah. And also sometimes Satan. It depends which one you go to. Satan? <laughs> what pantomimes have you been going to? Have you never seen a pantomime where the devil turns up? Absolutely no. not. All right, well. He's okay. not a part in any of the, the fairy tales. No, but I mean, neither is like, you know, Widow Twanky. I really mm. like the devil's turn in uh, Aladdin, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that is wow. That's a turn up for the books. The devil, Satan maybe himself. It's, maybe it's just maybe it's just my local amdrams when I was a child. <laughs> so to they get were a bit just spicy. trying to summon Beelzebub. Yeah. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he was Aladdin's monkey friend. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a bit weird when they started singing Summer is a Coming In and, and Burned a Policeman. But, um... <laughs> uh, but anyway, the end of the year approacheth. Um, so let's start talking about our favourite games of the year. Uh, so, I told the lads we were going to uh, pick a draft of three. We were going to make a sort of three-man tag team, basically. Mm. And I was fairly confident we wouldn't have crossover because we haven't discussed it beforehand. But I was pretty sure we'd have actually some quite distinct teams. The only wild card maybe is Matthew. Uh, but well, if you I, Are we announcing the teams as we go along? Uh well, we can either announce them up front or as we go. I mean, why don't we each pick our first draft? So it'll be funny yeah. if, if, if some of the same games end up in the ring at the same time. That's a, that would that's be a quite fun, funny, yeah. That's a fun scenario to think <laughs> think through. So we're doing uh, this as a wrestling business, right? Yeah. Okay. What? Why? It's the, <laughs> to, it's the aim to win. It's the aim to have the strongest in any given round. 
Yeah, but you, I mean, you can sort of like, I mean, you can argue, right, that your team would win for a variety of reasons, because maybe you've picked a couple of, you know, maybe you're you're fielding a side of heels and two of them would pace the ring outside and cheat, you know, draw the referee's attention. So I'm willing to, if you can sort of uh, argue your role play convincingly enough. Oh, my uh, word. You know, I think I think there's a lot of leeway there, but <laughs> I was born for this game. Yeah, I thought you Nate would get excited about it. Um, I feel like the quality of the games doesn't matter up against the imagination of Nate. So <laughs> yeah, I'll just well, I'm not... I, I throw in some games from 1997. That'll be fine. <laughs> they have to be for Mister. Come on, lads! I want a nice clean fight. Um, uh, so do you want to announce all three of you, like your whole team at once, or do you want to, to yeah, go let's one do it at round time? by round? Okay, all right. Uh, okay, well, Nate, do you want to go first then? Who's your first fighter? Yeah, so on the Titan Tron, uh, <laughs> there's. Oh, I've just realized. No, yeah, okay. So it's Mick Foley. Uh, <laughs> no, you can't. Sw- have a- <laughs> no way, I can. Because he swaggers on in a brown t-shirt and a weird sort of muzzle. And he's got a sock puppet. Um, And he announces he's changed his name to Hugh. Hugh Mankind. Oh, my word. Oh, no. Okay. And then he bursts into millions of hexagons full of tanks and cities. Um you know, because that's his alternate form. He can he can expand, <laughs> uh, exploit, and exterminate as a big cloud of hexagons. All right. <laughs> oh God! I handed you a gift with that pun. So yeah, I, that. I, I only realised halfway through doing it. That was a rush. Wow. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, next up. Um, Gosh, who should I send on first? It's tough, isn't it? Um, okay, do you know what? Uh, I'm gonna say the the all the lights drop like one of those dramatic moments in WWE when you know someone's going to appear. Uh, so the the entire stadium goes dark, and when the lights come back on, there's just a cardboard box in the center of the ring, and that's it. Because mm. uh, this is unpacking and you don't anything could come out of that box lads ah I like it Uh, Matthew what about you Uh, I wish I knew wrestling better Um, I'm sorry I I didn't mean to pay you at such a disadvantage there's the revving of an engine the honk of a a horn Uh, everyone thinks it's going to be the announcing some exciting human wrestler, but no, it is in fact Prawn sports, It's just a sports car driving <laughs> into the ring, launching itself off a ramp. Uh, it is Forza Horizon 5. Very good. See, yeah, no, see, what you just described there is very pro wrestling, Matthew. It's, it is lives is in there someone heart. who arrives on a motorbike? That feels like a thing. Uh, yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker went through a period of that in the uh, the Attitude Era. Yeah. Well, and Chris well, Jericho could, yeah. might have as well. Consider it an accidental riff on that. 
Jericho currently comes out and sings his own song about, well, the audience sings his own song about himself back at him uh, f- for like two two verses in a chorus. Oh, man, the vanity of the man. Wow. It's a what terrible a guy. song as well. Um, excellent. Okay. I think this is a very strong, uh, strong first, first draw. Um, so do, uh, are we saying they're going to fight single, like a, a three way singles <laughs> round each time, or are we going to do like a three man tag where they're all piled in at once? Triple threat match, but then others can tag in if it looks like someone's losing. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll tell you that. Okay. Is there a, is it a, can it be a ladder match with the game of the year in a briefcase <laughs> at the top yeah, of the okay. ladder? And then if we do this again next year, the winner of last year can like run on. Yes. And I say, oh my god, it's a couple of books. But <laughs> by God! That's, that's four of the music. music. <laughs> <laughs> Loving it. Okay. Awesome. Okay, all right. So, seconds out, round one. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, I could, uh, I, unpacking doesn't do anything. It's just there. Well, uh, I think... Wait, waiting for you to get emotionally invested. Hugh Mankind is going to slam that sock onto his hand, uh, which has got... Um, a picture of Philip II, King of Greece, on it. <laughs> uh, and he's going to slam it into the box and do the mandible claw on it. <laughs> Unorthodox, you might say, to do it open with a finishing move. But yeah. Hugh Mankind doesn't do things by halves, just like Amplitude uh, didn't do things by halves, spending <laughs> years sitting on that egg of a 4X game. Yikes. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> It's quality uh, programming, folks. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, uh, unpacking's gonna like uh, tip over, and uh, a uh, a coat, or, like a a, a favourite T-shirt of yours that you've kept for years, go flop out and manage to grab the uh, the rope. Um, Is it actually two hundred T-shirts? Yeah, it's two hundred t-shirts. Pile out two hundred mediocre t-shirts. Mediocre. That's better than terrible, isn't it? You're climbing back up. We don't know whose um, box this is. No, it could be anyone's box. Uh, and uh, begin to um, uh, so two hundred t-shirts begin to pile on top of uh, humankind. Uh, uh, trying to get the pin. Uh, I assume. Humankind taps out on like maybe one and a half, uh, but um, well, no, he uh, doesn't because he transitions to um, to being Persian oh, he- <laughs> and suddenly has a lot more money. <laughs> doesn't help him, and he does tap out. Oh, that's that's wild because I did see a placard in the crowd that said transition to the Persian era. So <laughs> it's you're really giving the people what they want. Yeah, you've got to give the people what they want. Um, <laughs> that famous well, that, wrestling saying. That leaves things open for the car to just run over everyone. 
I mean, this is this is very little. I mean, what you, what you may not know about uh, this Forza car is that uh, it's a weather wizard because Forza Horizon 5 contains all four seasons of the year with dramatic oh. weather effects. So I can summon tropical storms. I can summon dry, dry sandstorms. It all dynamically rolls in. Absolutely oh, wipes no. the place out. Oh, Taking half of the audience with it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm really mad oh, no. that would have synergized so well with, uh, with the monument I just built in Humankind's capital. Oh. Oh, no. Okay. I, I th- like, you know, I think unpacking is, uh, is kind of flailing around. The, the box is obviously buffeted by, by the weather. It's, it's doing that exhausted face that, you know, wrestlers do when they're surprised that something's not going well um when a car uh, has just made a tropical storm manifest yeah. and it's try, yeah <laughs> it's trying it's trying to find like uh, a photograph of like the car's uh ex-girlfriend to deal some kind of psychic damage <laughs> <laughs> but of course the car doesn't have feelings uh so i think i think unpacking's unpacking's gonna can it be done for as well? For uh, Bagard, Nate, what's well, your second wrestler's music? There's all this sand, right, blowing around, and it's like a wasteland in there. You know, you can't see six feet. And suddenly you see it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and Genghis Khan himself comes thundering down the ramp on a horse followed by 50,000 Mongolian horsemen. Uh, well, actually, he could only get about 25,000. The rest are spare Matthew clones left over from E3. Um, and uh, he uh, right-clicks to move and attack uh, because finally uh, Age of Empires has attack move. Um, and uh, he, of course, is representing Age of Empires 4, um, which I was really underwhelmed by on its release day, but then played for two weeks and realized was just a modern Age of Empires 2, but with the curse of Age of Empires 2 removed, thus making it 5% less good, but 40% more fun. <laughs> Just like Genghis Khan. <laughs> oh my god! So this he is just great, crashes though. the car. I knew this would happen because my my <laughs> team is like my my team is the indie takers, right? So I've got a bunch oh, of them yeah. playing indie games. Yeah. Um, Nate's got got uh, terrifying strategy games, uh, and then Matthew is like the the crowd pleaser, like. Uh, the John Cena kind of spot, you know? It is John Cena games, isn't it? <laughs> oh, is that good? I think that's good. Is yeah, that a he's, oh, yeah, he's a great just, guy. He's lovely, yeah. He, he looks like a crash test dummy made out of ham. <laughs> like a massive, like a massive mannequin carved out of meat in a butcher's window. And then the butcher cried and the blue fairy was like, I'll make your meat boy a real, a real man. <laughs> Absolutely love that lore, Alice. I'm really, really fond of that. 
and he will be the best wrestler in the world. And wear and wear cut off shorts, even though he's like forty. We're gonna do a tiny little digression, if that's yeah. all right. Because I just want to know which wrestler you think would be best to get a hug from. Not necessarily Ooh. who you like the most, but, but who would be the best hugger? Just, yeah. It's hard to dismiss Cena from from that initially, right? Because he's massive. Um, nice. But is that and... what you want? Like a crushing hug from giant arms? Who's got yeah. Who's got the most human like form? <laughs> All <laughs> the, the wrestlers. Wrestler. Yeah, which wrestler is most human like? It'd be what one of the like. It'd be one of the high flyers, wouldn't it? Like one of the little, like. Uh... But they're going to hug you from the top rope. You're yeah, go to that's hospital. true. I, I met some wrestlers once um, for a wrestler when I was d- previewing a wrestler game. And there was one who I swear he was a bit older and he was like, I think he was uh, it's like someone's uncle. What? <laughs> he was like a kindly uncle. Like they were a family outfit. There'd been lots of them. They were Latino. <laughs> The Undertaker. Uh, no, Someone's there'd been more un- like several of their family had been had been WWE wrestlers, and he just that, seemed that doesn't narrow the field as much. No, as I know. Think yeah. it would. he just seemed he seemed sort of old and wise and kind. He mm. sounds really good to get a hug from. Yeah, whatever that is. I also met well, a man who used to spit bits of apple at people. Not him. Yeah, he was. I want a hug from him. No. Dirty boy. <laughs> anyway. I, f- I feel like... I just, like... John Cena's had a lot of... practice hugging people as well, though, because he does all the charity stuff and the Make-A-Wish stuff. Oh, yeah. I just feel like he'd be a solid hugger. Who do you think it would be, Nate? Batista. Really? Yeah. He does seem yeah. like a no, very nice no, man. No, no, actually... No, hang on, not him. Not him. Dwayne the Bloody Rock Johnson. Does he still I'd, count as a wrestler? I don't know. Like, where he, I mean, yeah, he shows up. When was the last time he showed up at WrestleMania? But I feel like the Rock actually is the sort of person who would hug a fan as long as someone was like Instagram living. And then as soon as, you know, he'd push them away as soon as, as, soon as possible. The you know? Yeah, exactly. I know. I know who. Push him out the airlock. Viscera from the Attitude Era. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I mean, he was like a sphere. I'm not as as familiar with the Attitude Era. I'm I'm a fake fan. He was like, yeah. He was, he had like white contact lenses. He Um, was like a sphere? Yeah, he was like I'm thinking of um, that. I've got this sort of picture of the Baron from Dune now. No, imagine, imagine Fat Blade. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can and will. There you go. That's that's visceral. Look, look him up after that's the show. That's visceral for sure. <laughs> It'll be a visceral hug. I'll tell you that for free. Right, guys. Uh, all right, anyway, so we've got Genghis Khan representing, but 
Back to the uh, extremely normal and productive part of the podcast. Genghis Khan has arrived with 50,000 warriors representing Age of Empires 4 and has thundered down to the ring uh, where a car has conjured a sandstorm. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> that feels like that's good um, Good playing conditions for Genghis Khan. Yeah, actually, that's, the, you know... All of his horses know. are just circling around in the sandstorm, and he's he's giving it all the and everyone's firing <laughs> arrows. And on the Titan Tron, there's a really interesting short documentary playing about Mongolian composite bows. Uh, because my favourite thing about Age of Empires Four is the legitimately brilliant little documentaries that you get to watch as a treat after winning a mission. Like they're brill. Ah. Uh, absolutely fantastic and Genghis loves them too I, I bet he does I bet he bloody does okay uh, I'm gonna say okay um, uh, the, Genghis Khan's documentary is uh, cut off and uh, the sound is replaced by a kind of jaunty little um, rural uh, twangling uh sort of piratical uh, little, little musical sting that I can't really hum properly to do it justice. Uh, but that's my favourite music from Witchwood. Uh, and you can just make out through the, the sea of uh, sand and horses that uh, there's now um, a, a, a black goat, like Black Philip, riding amongst them, uh, slipping through them and... Uh, uh, Atop it is a small crone with <laughs> bird's feet and claws for hands and a little pot on her head. Uh, good, luck, good luck making merch out of that. Because it's, it's the witch from Witchwood. Um, and uh, the goat's going to take a running jump and, and leap and she's going to grab Genghis Khan by the air and start berating him as would his own grandmother. Um, for making such a mess and being such a grumpy boy um, and uh, she's going to persuade him by crafting some like she'll make his favourite kind of uh, boiled mutton yeah boiled mutton and tea uh, <laughs> to, to gang up against the car because if we're stronger if we were together in this instance and then we can split up again but we need to get rid of this car Oh, I like it. Okay, great. So, yeah, he's going to get hopped up on mutton and do the fame. He's uh, he's going to open his mouth incredibly wide and a trebuchet will emerge <laughs> and shoot the car. There you go. Because of the witch magic. <laughs> Good. Which was genuinely great. It's a to-do list game, but I, it only came out recently. I don't actually but... know what it, what is it. I think this has passed out, me by. It came out recently, but I'm putting it in as a, a late contender because I didn't get to put it in the calendar. But um, it's really, really lovely and cute. It's like a 2D um, uh, indie game where you play a witch who lives in a swamp uh, and then a goat turns up and says that you need to collect souls for him as per your bargain. So then you're like, oh, bloody hell, okay. And you get up and you go and collect souls by uh, crafting stuff. So it's a to-do list game. So, you know, there's one where you have to get a rat um, who's stolen something from a ghost. 
uh, and to get into the church where the rat lives, you need to create like an as- acidic uh, potion to melt the lock on the gate. And to do uh-huh. that, you need to get some ectoplasm from one of the ghosts. And to get ectoplasm from a ghost, you need to craft like uh, an exorcism rune, which means you need to get more bat wings. So to get more bat wings, you need to craft uh, a spike trap, which means a bit of meat and a stick. So it's like a a big crafting to this kind of busy work game. It's really, really lovely. Um, is it like a top-down sort of a business? Uh, it's like isometric 2D, but sort of looks like a kind of um, like a paper diorama. It's very, oh, very nice. nice. I got mm-hmm. And that's why you should never bargain with anyone. That's the message of that game. Yeah, and she's but she's a grumpy and very persuasive little crone, and most people like she tells people off for being cross, and she's very no nonsense. And then she'll mm-hmm. make them like a cake. Sounds great. So, Sounds like so, a dream. So Genghis kind of trebucheted the car from Forza Horizon 5 uh, out of the arena. Uh, Matthew, you need to bring in your second fighter. Well, it's all eyes to the ramp as we look for the entrance. And uh, someone notices, wait a second, there's not been any commentary for a while. We all turn around. We look at the comment- commentator's table. And it wasn't a commentator. It was Agent 47 all along. <gasps> throws off his cowboy hat <laughs> and tries to garrot a horse. <laughs> oh, very good. Of course, Hitman 3, um, another big mainstream uh, choice, but um, this was just a, a, a joyous bit of fun in January and I've still been dipping into it throughout the year. Just, Just amazing world design and bleak black comedy great stuff oh, amazing and also imagine if if jr was just replaced by a bald man in a, a tall bald man in a cowboy hat who was <laughs> yeah just... if, I, if i knew my wwe wrestling better i would uh i would have I, I don't know if there is any bald commentator who could <laughs> no i just like the idea of him just replacing jr and nobody noticing and just being like as god is my witness that man is broken in half and nobody <laughs> in in his agent 47 voice yeah exactly nobody as god knowing. is my witness that man is broken in half yeah everyone's like oh that delivery is weird whoa um I, the thing is though i feel like i've kind of i've played my hand with this one because everyone knows that once agent 47 has revealed himself he's basically dead meat because he's incredibly oh, no. weak and susceptible to bullets and all pain <laughs> I don't know. He might take down one of us before he. If he manages to garrote one of us, then he's uh, or throws a can of pop hard enough. Uh, but, but folks, have you looked at his tie? Oh no! <laughs> Why? It's, uh, it's, I can't help but notice it's got a, a face. It's got a head. In fact, a bald head with a barcode tattooed on the back, and it's tightening around his neck. Oh my goodness, the real Agent 47 was disguised as the fake Agent 47's <laughs> tie. <laughs> and now he's just knotted his neck clean off because yeah. I too had hit me. It's great. I love it. I was playing it again last week. I'm particularly delighted because it's the sort of game I never thought I would like, but I really do. 
Oh. And what, what a perfectly hitman thing to do as well. Oh, no. Quick, Matthew, bring on your third fighter. Uh, oh, so I'm paranoid about more crossover. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it turns out this entire wrestling match it isn't in the physical realm. Uh-huh. It has been taken place inside the head of wrestling-obsessed editor Alice Bell. <laughs> because my third game of the year is Psychonauts 2. Amazing, incredible. See, that's how we could fit 50,000 Mongol yes. warriors in this arena. Should have been the clue, really, shouldn't it? Wrestling and too many video games to deal with. These do sound like the traumas of your life. So this, it's true, this thematically yeah. works. <laughs> well done. Well played, Matthew. Uh, uh, well, you know, a good, a good point for another uh, digression here in terms of what would be your mental landscape? What would it look like inside your head? Um, if your head, if your brain was a Psychonauts level. Yeah, I think it would maybe be a bit like the library level because I do like and read a lot of books um but there would be a lot yeah a lot of kind of uh anxiety gremlins in the form of video game characters probably <laughs> having a wrestling match <laughs> and shouting pop culture and and meme kind of slogans nonsensically i i think that's me yeah what, what about my, you, Matthew? My, my brain would just be full of like giant traffic cones that I have to go and ask for from Jusen's Tom Dean's parked car. It would basically be a part. It would be a car park full of anxious um, parking conundrums, like can I get Tom Dean to move for his Olympian car, and can I get traffic cones from Jusen's? There'd probably be also something about R- Rio and Rennie in there. Yeah. Oh, and then Raz would would like you'd be like, oh, I don't want to get the cones. And Raz would be like, I'll get the cones for you. And then like <laughs> go and collect the cones. That was a really unholy voice, Alex. Good, <laughs> Alice. Good work. I think it's quite a good Raz. Uh, what about you, Nate? What would your psychonauts mind palace be? Uh, exactly the same as my office, just a sort of a maelstrom of fish tanks and warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> There, uh, uh, just the alabaster titan, just like <laughs> humming with the resonance of the void, towering <laughs> above it all. Okay, <laughs> okay. So uh, the the hitman has strangled the hitman to death. Yeah. Um, it has just been revealed that this whole thing is taking place inside my head. Uh, <laughs> And presumably Raz is now like bouncing his way around. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Raz is yeah. represented in the ring. Yeah. Uh, okay, so in that case, uh, the uh, Titan Tron is going to kind of uh, uh, suddenly like come. It will be. It's going to go all gold. Uh, and then a big voice is gonna is gonna go. The many shall suffer for the sins of the one. And then a sick guitar riff is gonna happen, and uh, a bunch of golden <laughs> statue huntress women are gonna run in 
and start firing arrows and turning people into gold statues. Oh, didn't uh, see this coming. It's the Forgotten City. Of course. Um, possibly Very almost my... in my tag team. Yeah, one of my favourite puzzle games of last year. Um, and uh, and also, you know, uh, an evil Roman centurion. Why not? He's 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 cutting about as well. Yay! Uh, so he's gonna like run into the into the ring and uh, uh, kind of tackle, I guess, Hitman to the floor. Does that um, mean the ring is now trapped in a time loop? Yes, I mean technically, I suppose I could say that uh, the Forgotten City uh, Emperor is going to uh, start the loop again. Uh, he will die, but then we'll we'll go we'll start the the tag team match again, and we'll keep doing that for as long as he can until the Forgotten City wins. Are we going to accept that, or like one of you fight back? <laughs> No, rules is rules on that one, I think. Puzzle games are always going to outsmart the rest, aren't they? I don't know. What, Matthew, do you think... Because Psychonauts 2, if this is all happening inside my head, can uh. can you wrestle victory from the Forgotten City? It's, it's, it is difficult, unless, I, you know, can Raz fix this trauma? I mean, I, I feel like if Raz fixes this whole scenario... We basically leave your head. We leave this whole scenario yeah. and this whole mess of games, and we just yeah. step out of the podcast free. Oh, and we wow. just give the game of the year to uh, the GTA remakes. <laughs> <laughs> what a bust. Let's do it. Come right, on, yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> Girls will be like, here you go, little fella. <laughs> Carl Johnson just lovers <laughs> out of your mind in a mess of rotating polygons. Just bark something in appallingly sampled speech. <laughs> as, as his elbows explode. <laughs> He's just begging to die. <laughs> Right, so there you go. Are we really saying this episode ends with the three of us leaving Alice's head and then yeah. just stomping a poorly rendered man to death to put him out of his misery? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there we go. We did it. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that was uh, that was comprehensive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as of those uh, games, in fairness, I don't know if I, I, I think maybe unpacking uh, of mine is the only one that would maybe be properly gotty when compared to yours. Um, I think probably Matthew maybe has the strongest roster there. In fairness, just, yeah, it's it's very mainstream though. It depends on your taste. Mainstream's good though. Psychonauts. Two, I mean, I'd be happy actually giving it to Psychonauts Two. I thought Psychonauts Two was very good. Um, I think the general consensus on Age of Empires is that it's like it's it's good, but it's it's not mind blowing. Um, so whereas I really like it, I just have weird like 
large amounts of emotions connected with Age of Empires in general. So I wouldn't say it's I wouldn't say that's necessarily gotti material. I suppose I mean two the two of you did both pick Hitman three. And it is really good. It's a, it's a classic. Well, it's not a classic. Well, it might, well it's, it's... But it is just more of the same from the last Hitman yeah, that's, game. That's it, yeah. It's more just an ongoing relationship that I really enjoy. Uh, In terms of a self-contained thing. Um, I don't know. I, I like it all, really. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we should give it to Psychonauts too for freeing us from the head prison of of my mind mm. i'm actually uh genuinely interested to see what number one is in the rps advent calendar it is uh i think i don't i don't know uh and a little just a little preview i think it's quite predictable it's oh. a very rps game to be number one interesting yeah mm-hmm. All righty. Thank you very much for joining us for 40 minutes of just freeform nonsense to determine our game of the year, <laughs> which it turns out is by default Psychonauts 2. And congratulations <laughs> to Matthew for that draw. Uh, <laughs> all that remains. I saw a hitman die before my eyes today, <laughs> killed by another hitman. That, I did not expect that when I woke up this morning. The only thing left now um, before we go on our two-week break for the uh, the cool Yule, the holiday season, um, uh, and enjoy our little Christmassy time off, is uh, to give you some recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. So, Matthew, what? Uh, I'm going to give you two film recommendations, depending on how open you are to going to the cinema in these COVID times. Uh, If you don't mind going to the cinema, I thought West Side Story was absolutely fantastic. I really absolutely loved it. It actually genuinely made me well up a little bit out of just pure happiness. Um, Oh, Matthew. It's so like, just the music and the dance and just everything about it is just so like rich. You're like, oh, so happy. I love it. Your heart um, grew three sizes. Yeah, uh, so that was that was good. Uh, if you don't want to go to cinema, which is fully understandable, and this is a, a very different deal to West Side Story, I really recommend uh, uh, Power of the Dog on Netflix, which is uh, Jane. Sounds Cam- like I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> this is well, this is the, this is one of the big Oscar contenders. This is Jane Campion of uh, the piano fame. Oh, uh, and it's Western um... with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. And um, Meth Damon, right? Jesse Plemons. Meth yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damon, yeah. Um, super, like, just b- brilliant turns from all involved. Super sinister, absolutely wicked ending. Um, like, just really toxic Western. Just check it out. It's great. Oh, fair. I did watch it. Not very, night. not Christmassy. <laughs> just not very Christmassy. Don't watch it with like your in-laws on on Christmas Day. I don't think they'll like it. <laughs> Do you, what's your Christmas film that you have to watch at Christmas? Last minute digression. Mine is obviously uh, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, it's a Thanksgiving film, more technically, but uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, lovely. Okay, Nate, do you have one? 
Um, it's just inevitably going to be into the Spider-Verse, so uh, okay. um, I shouldn't get my hopes up. Um, that gets slammed uh, in the VHS player about eight times a week at the moment. So, uh, love it. Okay, my recommendation is uh, it's not very Christmassy either, but uh, and I, I think I've recommended this before, but Succession uh, just finished. It had its um, I think third third season finale last night. And it's very, it's so good, honestly, really, really good. Um, and more specifically, uh, the lead actor in it, Jeremy Strong, no relation to Mark Strong, um, or he's one of the leads, I guess he's co-lead uh, with Brian Cox, recently had uh, a really good, <laughs> a really good, weird New Yorker profile done on him, uh, revealing that he is one of those actors who gets really great results, but sounds like a bit annoying and crazy in how he talks about his job. <laughs> like the profile is really good um in terms of like just letting him be weird and i really i think it's really nice um like he didn't think succession was a comedy like kieran culkin is quoted in it saying like after we finished season one he said to me something like i'm worried people are gonna think this is a comedy and i was like i think it is a comedy and he thought i was joking Oh my and stuff goodness. like that. Or like at one point his wife is like, oh no, he's a really nice wife and father at home. And then he basically kind of says like, that's a lie that I've committed to. I'm acting being a nice husband or something. He is good at it exactly. He is very good. And so, you know, he can do whatever he needs to do. Uh, <laughs> I like actors who are kind of like, like, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, just actors who are mildly a bit cuckoo about acting, I think is lovely. Um so that's my recommendation is to watch Succession and read that New York profile. Uh, Nate, what's your recommendation this week? Uh, so I've been watching the telly um, and I've been really enjoying Wellington Paranormal, um, if you've seen it. Because uh, I just finished the new series of What We Do in the Shadows and was just jonesing for more uh, paranormal silliness. And this is, funnily enough, another spin-off of the original film, What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, if you remember the film, <clears throat> there are two incredibly placid New Zealand cops who walk into the vampire flat and fail to notice that it's full of blood-sucking monsters oh, yeah, and no, just get just, worried a, about an electrical safety thing. It's a fire hazard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is them. It's just a series about them uh, investigating incredibly low-consequence, low-stakes paranormal events in Wellington <laughs> And I really like it. Uh, I love New Zealand. And yeah, it's, it, it's so dry. It's good, good times. Um, I just, the third episode features 70s ghosts. Um, and it's a weirdly brilliant cinematography uh, on an incredibly low budget as well. So yeah, Wellington oh, Paranormal. Five, that sounds lovely. Uh, Thank you, listener, for joining us for the Christmas special 2021 uh, of the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotguns, PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. Uh, like I said, remember to let us know your opinion on how many t-shirts is a lot of t-shirts by emailing podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. You can look up Rock Paper Shotgun on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Um, 
you can buy some merch. You can join the Discord. There'll be links in the show notes. But for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. But for now, for the next couple of weeks, it is uh, goodbye and Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays uh, from me, Alice Bell, from just some elf who will now be working flat out, I bet. Yeah, enjoy your Christmas, everyone. (laughs) The Italian Bulldog. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.